World Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copyvasta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepy Podsta, the Creepy Pasta Podcast. Hello, I'm Jeff, and we're going to talk about a creepy pasta. Here is the third in our marathon run, uh, with single one guest on the show, and th- this guest that we have on it for talking about the creepy pasta. He's on the show for the fiftieth time, probably. Who? Please Where? Welcome. Uh, Who is it? Philip Jojo Corso. Oh, it's me. Hi. Let's uh, let's have you tell us what happens in this story, Huntsville Camping Trip. This and the previous two stories, The Showers and Old MacDonald Had a Farm, were represent were uh, recommended by Zorkon on Twitter. Zorkon the Panda One. Um, thank you for the recommendations. Thanks, buddy. Of the stories. Uh, okay, so Huntsville camping trip. Um, so it starts off uh with this uh with the narrator uh just beginning to detail the story. He like just goes right into it. He says, "I went camping about three weekends ago in Huntsville." National Forest in Texas. And it really, uh, before I get into like the, the bare details, it's, it comes off way most of the time extremely conversationally as though this person is like really de- like relating a story as though somebody had just asked them like all right so like what happened to you and like yeah he he comes in you feel like you're sitting at like a table with this person as they're like telling you about this crazy thing that happened to them it doesn't feel like somebody has written a story about this thing that happened to them it feels like somebody's telling it to you um which i liked a lot and so anyway it talks about how um he gets together uh, with some high school friends of his, uh, when they're all home from college, which they try to do once a year or something like that. And so they go camping and they go deep into the forest for camping. Uh, they park their car and they go into the forest camp. They're setting up their camp. Another one of these spooky bad smells. Oh yeah? Yeah. Um. They start to smell some noticeable, it just says we started to smell something very faint. It was noticeable, but not over. But not over yeah, I see. But they didn't um, say, is it good? Is it bad? They didn't specify what the smell is. Just be aware, please, audience, in this story, much like in a surprising amount of other creepypastas, somebody smelled something, and that was supposed to be spooky, I think. <laughs> Um, well, so they all smell the thing, and then Mike has to go piss. So, he walks off into the forest, uh, but then he comes back, and he's got, like, piss all down his legs, and they're laughing at him, and, but then they realize that, like, he's, like, like, messed up somehow. Um, he's, like, breathing heavy, and... Uh, he like beckons them to follow him and so they all follow him into the forest and they go in a little bit and they see that there is um like a, a, cabin, a cabin right a bad cabin yeah do they do they hear something uh we start to hear, hear a faint crying. scream yeah, yeah 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 so they hear screaming and crying in the direction that they're running now and this it's, it's was very dark very, at this point this this was i hated the way this was introduced cuz it seems like mike goes off to pee and it says a second second later he well it's misspelled it says a second later he come running back a second later he comes right. running back 
and he has peed all over himself, and he's ghost white and trying to catch his breath. Why? Why? Just because there's a cabin and someone is crying inside? Like, the thing that they find in the woods following Mike is not scary enough to justify the to fact justify that, that yeah. he peed I the same all thing. over himself and was white as snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of weird, too. Um, anyway, yeah, it doesn't, It seems like it's, uh, yeah, it's just kind of uh, a little bit of an unjustified trying to scare the reader, you know what I mean? But there's no, there's no justification for why he's crazy, like, why he, like... Yeah, it's, it's a, I guess, a common problem of a lot of these stories where the characters only act in service to the plot, which is fine if you, that's a way to do it if you have a really strong plot, but it's not really a way to do it if the characters are sort of supposed to be our viewpoint into a spooky thing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's just like, this character is behaving this it, way because it's it a horror that story. One. Yeah, yeah. It's, it seems like that. Yeah, that, that one didn't hit me. It's a um, swing and a miss. And so he, uh, they're hearing the screaming, they're going into the woods, and eventually they see... It's like a cabin, right? Um, yeah. yeah. They see a cabin with and crying inside. Yes, there's crying, and the crying was intense. And, uh, um... Oh, it says, uh, whoever it was couldn't breathe enough to let out a full yell. And Which so... Is, that's pretty good. I like that. That's evocative. Yeah. And there's a lot of... There, there are details that the cabin's old. I think that it says it's mildewy. Um, and so there's crying, and then they knock on the door. Door, and then the crying stops and they hear like loud footsteps come to the door and unlock it but then nothing else happens so they like don't do anything then they go around to the other side of the cabin and two of them like lift up the one to look inside and see what's going on and like when he looks inside um he just like immediately starts screaming and yelling and and like you know moving around to get down and he and they put him down on the ground and he just like runs this other friend this is not the piss friend yeah. this is uh the other this friend Alex. Uh, Alex. And he's he's flipping out at them. Like, he's punching and kicking them to get them to not, like, touch him or interact with him, and then he runs back to the camp. Yeah, and then they get there, and Alex starts to then berate them to, like, just go, to leave, and then he's like, I'll beat you up and I'll drag you out of here if I have to. Uh, he, like, even goes so far as to, like, stop them from packing up this stuff. Uh, he just tries to get them to get out of there, but, like, they manage I think, uh, I think they manage was, to, like... Uh, this was, I, I think, a little later. At first, he screams until he passes out, and they stay up all night with the campfire. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh-huh, Alex yeah. keeps waking up um, screaming, catatonic, and mumbling to himself. Yeah. Oh, um, God. <laughs> and so... Yeah, and so then, a- after that long night, they, they, uh, uh, he tries to get them to leave, um, and... No, he doesn't, he doesn't even do that. Oh, no, that's not that, that's right, I'm skipping over a few other things. So, in the morning, they, like, what do they, they do? Go they go to the they, cabin. They, they try to go find the cabin again, and it's there. not there. Yeah, it's not there. Uh, and the, and... the indistinct smell comes back, and now it's a, 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 like, stale rot. And so then, when they can't find the cabin, they go back to the campsite again, and there's Alex and he's like like chewing at his own cheeks and like at the inside of his cheeks I guess and like causing himself to bleed and he's like swallowing blood and throwing it up Um, it's very gross oh and uh, now the character of John is uh, back in the story even though I do not remember him uh, (laughs) 
from earlier. Uh, I don't know if he went to the cabin with them ever, because only Mike and narrator helped Alex up to the window. Uh, Isn't, and all, is John Mike not the narrator? narrator? Uh, no, because the narrator is identified as me. Uh, oh. And oh, yeah. I, th- I think he says him and three friends, right? Or yeah, he I never... guess. It's just weird, because... Me and narr- three friends at the top, yeah. Narrator and Mike lifted Alex up to the window, and then narrator and Mike went back to the cabin in the morning. I don't think anywhere in the cabin sequence John is mentioned. <laughs> right, yeah. This is the the first time John is mentioned is when they get back to the cabin the second day, and... It was, uh, it was when they get back to the campsite the second day, and the Alex campsite is vomiting day, blood yeah. everywhere. Yeah, John was literally not mentioned by name until that point. Until I just then, did the yeah. control F. Um, yeah, and so it's then that what I've said twice now happens, yeah. which is that now Alex-, Alex goes into a panic and is like, stop packing things. We just have to leave immediately yeah. without packing anything. Uh, and so he, they, they beg Alex to tell him what, ha- what, what he saw at the cabin and he tells them that he saw, uh, at the same time as he put his face up to the cabin, he saw another face come up looking at him from the inside, which had like a very huge like unnatural grin and then like something came down and like sliced the face off of whatever I guess body it was on and it caused the face to like splat onto the window and slide down it and it's just uh it I don't know laughing the sliced yeah. off face started laughing as it was as it was down. going down uh, it, yeah this part is a little like if you want to slice a face off that precisely that you would, that it would splat up against a window like that, it's not going to be one big swing. That's going to get bits of skull, and that face is not going to stick, because it's still going to have most of the shape of the skull in yeah. it. Yeah. This, I don't know. The, I, I'm probably thinking about it too deeply for this story, what is this particular, a ghost cabin. Yeah, yeah. But uh, in in that way, I, I think that this this particular story feels to me like a lot of like disembodied just horror tropes, like things like that, just to make mm-hmm. the audience member scared rather than trying to form like a cohesive thing. Yeah, anyway, so they they get back to the river they crossed, and it's flooded over, and there's a bunch of like baby dolls and toys floating in it, and some of them are making like you know they've got like vocal elements in the doll and they're make and they're like degraded and making like demonic sounds and stuff like that which Um, okay that's a spooky image yeah that's a pretty spooky image but again like i said i think they're pretty like disembodied and just maybe they're individually to to scare us i wish there were more of a through line for some for these things um and yeah they taste something in the air or they smell something in the air stale and dead uh they hear the same crying as before they find um, the cabin again. Um, but it's in a different spot, right? Yep. And Mike says he's going in there and he goes in, or he tries. Um, and they start to hear the baby doll laughing again and like singing and the crying again. Um, I don't know. It's re- this, the part, this part is really weird because it seems like they get to the creek to cross. Um, but I guess they are walking along it for a while. Uh, yeah, it says they started 
started to follow the creek, looking for a way yeah. to cross. And then when they see the cabin, Mike says he's going in, and he they try to get him to stop, and he says no. But then it doesn't say that he goes in. It just yeah. It just says they, they all to, walk. Yeah, they walk past the cabin. The smells and the crying. Then they finally cross the creek and get back in the car. Is it? Is it yeah. like? Uh, is it supposed to be that he goes in and they leave him behind? Yeah, it's not. It's literally. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's it's, it's not, not mentioned. Clear. The the next thing that they say is we start to move forward past. Oh no. We start to move forward past the cabin, all of us. <laughs> but there's no explanation for why Mike doesn't go in the cabin when he yeah. says, I'm going to go in the cabin, and that he doesn't care, and this is all bull. And then he just doesn't. And then he just um, doesn't do it, and none of them have effectively convinced him not to. He just doesn't. Yeah. It's so um, odd. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I think like that's a, just probably a, you know, a narrative yeah. failure. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, these things um, are, are quick and written for fun, so. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, uh, they get the back same on like the highway, and there's a detour through a dirt road in the woods, and they're approached by a young girl. And now, sh- why can't I read these stories without encountering most a lot of the time some fucking author's boner? Why? Um, <laughs> well, you think this is an author's the author's boner? She uh, so the woman is the the the, the girl is described as a you know a young girl. Uh, Looking like she was in trouble. Later, he describes her as looks like she's really drugged up or beaten up. But then in all of that, he's got the phrase young and pretty. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, That's man, true. come on. Like, you know, it's not like a huge, I, I, I don't know. It's, you know, he doesn't like describe like the shape of her breasts or some bullshit like that. But still, I still feel like you're making me look at your boner. Yeah. Um, there, it's, it's such a weird thing in stories because there's one end where you could give a cold discrimin- uh, oh boy well, I don't know what just happened with my words you could give <laughs> a cold a cold clinical description of a human body uh, divorced from conceptions of beauty or gender and then it seems like you're a serial killing robot who eats people's hearts for breakfast uh, or the other end of the the spectrum it's not a binary choice um, it is these are two extremes of uh, a large matrix of options for describing people in your stories. The other end is, uh, and this is towards the, the other end, is uh, doing all of the horrible sexist tropes. Uh, yeah. This is more towards that end when really they, they probably should have leaned more towards the uh, clinical end to just be like, well, she I, had yeah, dark I mean, hair, like, uh, I just feel like this guy's going out of his skin. way to. She was dirty. She had like a slim face or something. Like, if you need to yeah. describe the she looks like a, a normal person and you want to be descriptive you could do it without saying that she's young and pretty in the middle of your story where she's getting beaten up and asking for help yeah and looking like she's like drugged up and beaten up like I feel uh I mean like I, I don't know I don't know anyway um so they just bolt past her and as they uh and oh, as yeah. they he, they he, run he, past she, her she starts she, to she starts to the reason they go past her uh, is because she puts her face on the window and smiles really big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess it reminds them of the face in the window. And yeah. so Alex starts to scream and cry. And so they bolt in the car uh, and they get back. 
back on the highway uh, and they get back to his apartment and nobody knows what to say and they just go their separate ways. Um, this is where the story starts to get really weird. So yeah, Mike says he's going to go back. They try to convince him not to. Um, and then everybody starts acting towards the narrator very oddly. Like, um, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the narrator, his the, father, the, his, his dad won't talk to him. And when he says what's wrong, uh, the dad just slowly shakes his head. And then, um, so yeah, I, I guess the idea is that this experience has like somehow like like cosmically messed this person up in a way that they can't perceive and so all these other people are behaving really cold to them now and yeah, it's almost and like, like he you almost get the feeling the police and it turns to static yeah 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 there's there's a little bit of uh there's a little bit of like a almost like a lovecraftian thing going on at the end here um, yeah. where it's like reality is bending around this person who's had this experience and now everything is strange and there seems to be no way out of these like prisons of reality like the phone is static his father won't talk to him his friends mike, won't talk to him anymore yeah it says mike has vanished and he can't even find any record that he was alive and when he calls yeah. alex when he calls alex's house uh alex's parents say that they don't know anyone named alex yeah um and he got a knock on the door with, uh, and just saw another of the big face when he looked through the peephole. Um, and then uh, yeah, eventually, yeah, yeah. eventually the, um, the, the police calls stop turning to static and the, the cops start saying, are you coming home and telling him to come home? And then the phone call ends. Then someone's sliding pieces of baby dolls through the his mail mailbox. Slot. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. Oh, his TV, uh, that that, that was kind of the one, the one one of these details that I liked was that his TV is busted, but when he goes to the bathroom, he can hear it on. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good detail. I like it. Um, yeah, yeah that's start- what I almost feel like this story is. Like, I feel like this person is p- practicing coming up with spooky details, and eventually they, you know, or in, perhaps in another story, they're able to give maybe more of an interesting through line. I know I said it a few times already, but this just, the all these details kind of feel like rather disembodied in this in this short story yeah they start coming in real fast in this last paragraph and i want to just yeah. read the whole last paragraph here because it's it's just a rapid fire of like spooky images and uh, just to give you a sense audience if you haven't read the story or to just reiterate for you so here it is whoever lives above me started to scream in pain and crying deeply recently that's that's just how it's written that's a grammatical error uh Anyway, I hear, I hear giant footsteps from their apartment. I hear bangs and something falling to the ground. From the neighbors to the right of my apartment, I hear what sounds like a baby that never gets tended to, and then it sounds like a baby doll whose batteries are dying. My phone has been ringing now, and it's Alex telling me things in a language that I have never heard before, nor could even manage to repeat. I keep getting, I kept getting emails of pictures of black and small colorations. Now Here's my I favorite part. Access my email. That's Someone my knocks favorite on part. The door. <laughs> <laughs> now I yeah oh my, my I can't I forgot <laughs> my email password his like by his father has stopped speaking to him has like black eyes and like looks at him like he's uh, somebody he doesn't know his friends are disappearing his friends 
parents don't even know that they're alive, and, and now he Yahoo can't even access his email. Yeah, it's it's definitely like a uh uh what are they murder uh murder robbery jaywalking? Is that the yeah, yeah the TV yeah. tropes page? Uh, or uh, uh, it's like the Odd Future: kill people, burn shit, fuck school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I want to find the. I know murder is the first one, and jaywalking is the last one. Arson, murder, jaywalking. So I got it <laughs> totally wrong. Uh, yeah, it's that's the the trope of uh, uh, two things of equivalent uh, value, and then a third thing that is not bad by comparison. Uh, someone knocks on the door, then they slam against it. I hear the bolts unlocking one by one, and then I run to make sure to lock all of them back. Then I sit down and begin to cry, and that's where the story ends where it's just this like tornado of very spooky things and also gmail won't load uh all <laughs> happening like all at once and something's just, wrong it's yeah it's so strange um i got i i think the audio version that i listened to fixed all of the large grammatical errors in the story but now reading it i'm realizing this was probably written by um someone who either uh like is still learning how to write correctly like someone in high school or something or maybe um, i don't know could be i don't know it could be anybody who's just starting to learn how to write uh, i don't i don't even know maybe just you know maybe they're just practicing coming up with spooky details and they read wrote this little thing to do that it's it's not just like the structure or anything but like the way the sentences don't have consistent case uh or oh, uh, yeah. tense consistent verb tense right and yeah yeah true true it's it's just the kind of errors that you get from someone who either um has not much formal training in writing or, um, like, maybe they're yeah. fluent in English as a second language for speaking it, but they lack uh, certain writing skills um, or are not necessarily uh, strong in their home language, and so some yeah, of that sentence be. structure stuff doesn't quite work. Um, I don't know. It's, it just, it's, it's off enough that I'm thinking this person is, like, in high school or something. Well, I, you, you might be right. Uh, I'd, I'd say that's not. I'd say that's not a reach. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how's the? How did the story hit you? Um. I, I mean, it didn't really. I didn't find it extremely <laughs> spooky. Um. I. Yeah, I did kind of like. I. I, I did kind of like that end bit with all like the weird cosmic junk happening to this person. Um. But I think that was probably my favorite part. And uh. Yeah. I. I, I said it a bunch of times already. It feels like a. Uh. You know, some disconnected. Uh. Spooky details. Um, yeah, this is a pretty yeah. old one too. This was posted in December of two thousand eight. So oh, it's, whoa, it's seven and a half years old at this point. Um, two thousand eight, seven and a yeah. half. You say? Yeah, uh, sorry, nine and a half. <laughs> I was thinking. Uh, I I was thinking wrong math. I was yes. going from December twenty seventeen, and that's where the seven got in my head. I see. Um, yeah. Uh, I what I should have said was my original thought, which was this is almost a decade old. Yeah. Uh, and then I tried to do backwards math the <laughs> yeah wire the wires got crossed in my head to make me say a different number um what's the spookiest part of these disconnected spooky parts uh the spookiest part 
I, I, I guess it's got to be um, some of those things at the end there where Alex's parents are saying that they don't know anybody named Alex, but then he talks to Alex and Alex is talking to him in a language he does he can't, you know, he doesn't know or can't replicate. Uh, his father won't talk to him. All these, I, I, I thought that was probably the strongest part of the story. Yeah, uh, the story reminds me, based on just this disconnected horror thing of uh, the ABC show The River, which was a horror story created by the um, uh, created by Oren Pelly, who um, wrote and directed Paranormal Activity, which is one of my favorite movies ever. Um, and that show's not good. It's a bad show. <laughs> um, but, like, it starts to be spooky at first, and then because you're trying to do a Paranormal Activity-style thing in too much with too many, it's got too many of it uh <laughs> like you can't do a whole season of that that's ridiculous um and the show got uh thankfully canceled um so it's just it was it, it was just the baby doll part especially because there's a part where they enter a section of the woods that just has a bunch of baby dolls hanging from the trees and it's spooky oh. but doesn't really have anything to do with anything yeah. who cares um, anyway, uh, so the spookiest part for me, I think, is when the narrator's father shakes his head in response to the question of what's wrong. Yeah. I yeah, like that's that. pretty spooky. Uh, second place is the, the come home from, from the, the, from the police. Yeah. Cause then it, it sort of almost implies that, like, this cabin has claimed him. And yeah. He has to go home to the cabin, which then adds a different layer to Mike saying he's gonna go in the cabin earlier, uh, as if his his uh, angry desire to go in the cabin was actually a part of the haunting. Yeah. Yeah, pretty spooky. Anyway. I just like to see them in a, something with more of a through line. Yeah, I wish this um, post had uh, credit to an author so that I could know who wrote the story and see if they got better at writing later. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's yeah. interesting because my own writing, I came across some stuff that I wrote in high school recently and my failure were not with um, language, but with sort of a lack of ideas and a lack of details. And I think that this person does a decent job providing details in a lot of parts, and they have a lot of ideas. Um, I just, I'm curious to know if they kept writing and kept practicing and therefore got better at the mechanical aspects of it. Um, yeah, but I that's would, all. I'd, I'd like to know that too, and there isn't an author on here. That's a shame. I wonder if I just Google the phrase. Uh, Huntsville camping trip if I can get more information. No, just the creepypasta.com. There is one on Mr. Creepypasta's uh, YouTube called Huntsville Camping Trip Reboot, and I'm interested what this is, if it's like a, a remake of the Creepypasta, I guess. Huh. Um, Interesting. It's, it's about the same length, but I want to look and see in the notes on his um, the notes on, on his YouTube and see. I think uh, I think maybe Mr. Creepypasta wrote this remake of it. Uh, so I guess thanks for the remake of the story, but I don't know if it's good or not, Mr. Creepypasta. Sorry. Anyway, that's 
that's uh that's all for this show. Phil, tell the people where they can find you. Yo, check me out on internet at Twitter. Uh at Kid Corso. Kid like a goat. Corso like me. Kid Corso. No underscore, no space. Wander around the greater New York metropolitan area. You'll probably uh, run into me. Find Phil. Yeah. Um he'll be um the white guy with a big red beard and um long hair often kept in uh in a ponytail or bun. Um uh, that's a very unique description. So uh, Yeah, there's only should, one of those, and if you see them it's me. And yell at them a lot. A, it should give you no trouble finding him. <laughs> Uh, if you want to find me, um, I'm also a white guy with a beard, but my head is shaved and I'm wearing a video game t-shirt. Uh, if you want to find me, that's what I look like. Um, <laughs> I'm the only one who looks this way. Uh, anyway, th- these are all jokes. The, the joke is, um, that people are not particularly unique and fashions, <laughs> fashions are often widespread in, uh, um, such a way that individual participants of them can be described in vague terms. Uh, anyway. And that's this the spookiest is, part of all. Of course. Um, Snapchat and Instagram, JeffJK. Twitter, J3FK. Creepypods, the fan group on Facebook. Patreon.com slash JeffJK. $1 a month gets you a bunch of stuff. You know what? I'm going to make sure that Patreon link is real because, you know, not a lot of people are signing up. I think I'm making currently like $80 a month. Yeah, no, that leads right to my Patreon. So, um, there you go. This is, this is me wagging my finger at you as if to say, <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? Uh, $67 per month. We appreciate your down? support. Did someone drop their pledge? Is that what happened? Maybe. I haven't checked in a while. Anyway, please donate. Thank you. And, uh, goodbye. I don't have, uh, we love you. I and then I the sat story. down and started to cry. Yeah, there it is. Thank you. Uh, Bye, everyone.